0: Flash brief. Echo, echo, whiskey. Welcome to our End Endless Wars flash brief. We'll be brief. Today's End Endless Wars brief is in honor of U.S. Army Specialist Douglas J. Jeffries, Jr.
1: Douglas was a 20-year-old from Springville, California. The young infantryman was assigned to a unit in the 3rd Brigade Combat Team, 10th Mountain Division. He died September eighth in uh, two thousand and eleven in Kandahar, Afghanistan, of wounds suffered when the enemy forces attacked his unit with an improvised explosive
0: device. I'm Ray Hoskins, and I'm John Burns, and this is Echo Echo Whiskey. The war in Afghanistan was about to turn ten years old that day that 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 young Specialist Douglas died, and that was half of his life. Ray, we tell these stories about these these veterans, these 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 young men and women who sacrificed it. We honor them because we wanna connect folks to the cost of this war. Specialist Douglas would have been 29 today if we had just taken a slightly different approach to foreign policy and switched from primacy to realism and restraint.
1: You know, you are absolutely right. I I think you're 100% on there, John. It is time that we started applying some realism
0: to our foreign policy. So let's talk about realism. Let's talk about it one day at a time. Tell us about the very first principle of realism.
1: Okay, well, John, you and I have talked about this before, and you know, I'm going to use some big words here, but I'll explain it in just a second. The first and undeniable principle in realism is that great powers are the main actors in world politics, and the international system is anarchical. What that simply means is that there is no overarching power that makes sure that everyone follows the rules. Essentially, there is no sheriff in town, so it's up to
0: everyone to look out for themselves and major powers are more capable of doing that they don't need to call 911 run right so when we say major powers we're talking about obviously the united states uh, china probably russia maybe the united kingdom maybe france
1: right and you know all of those all those countries they do fit at least one part of one definition of a great power and that that is that all those countries
0: do have nuclear weapons so so among those great powers and any anything else that you could really add to the list like I think of the real threats as existential threats china and and Russia, right Those are the only countries that are really capable of of bringing major harm to the u s homeland right Iran and North Korea, uh, uh, regional powers don 't think of them as great powers they're certainly they, they have the ability to challenge us reasonably that they have, each have you know uh, some kind of MBC weapons that, that that could be problematic for our forces. but we 're talking about Afghanistan um, i don 't think anyone would past present or near future classify afghanistan as a major power
1: and that's what's so thinking hard to swallow about this john they are not afghanistan is not an existential threat to the united states nor will it ever be
0: so specialist douglas died 10 years into a war that at that point we weren't fighting against a real threat to u.s security
1: correct but you know let's let's go back to september 11 2001 we were attacked we did have a responsibility we did have to go to Afghanistan and dismantle the Taliban because think about it, they were actually supporting those, uh, those, those men that, that blew up our buildings. But under, under a realism model states, including great powers like the United States, we do have to respond to direct attacks, especially when it's on our homeland. And even, even if the, the so-called threats are not existential threats, we still have to respond.
0: Yeah, as not just a realist, but as a native New Yorker, as you're aware, I can understand that um, we definitely had to go after the Taliban. But I think if we applied that that realism model at, at some point between 2001 and you know, and 10 years later, we would have realized that keeping thousands of U.S. forces tied down there in Afghanistan, supporting a corrupt government with with no interest and no capability in defending itself internally, was a waste of, of United States service members' lives of of U.S. taxpayers' dollars, and it's a a total distraction from the real security threats that are out there, the real challenges that
1: that are out there. Right. Now you're onto something right there. Remember, while we are fighting in Afghanistan, we're also focusing not just manpower and money there, but we're also focusing our training, the training of our soldiers, the training of our officers, uh, and the doctrines on a small war, though it's been a very, very bloody war that uh, up to this point has cost nearly 2,400 Americans their lives. Nearly the same amount died on September 11th, 2001.
0: Yeah. And, and in Afghanistan, most of those people didn't die in the immediate intervention, right? Most of them have died in the intervening 16, 17, 18 years since since we overthrew the Taliban. Thinking about that training and doctrine issue, um, you're, what you're saying is is that the cost of war not, for us not only incurs the, the, the money the taxpayers have spent, the, 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 the 2,300 young Americans who've given their lives in that foreign country, but also the, the focus that, that units and unit leaders in the military have because they're focused on fighting in Afghanistan. They're planning to fight there. They're training to fight there. They're thinking about fighting there. They're reading intelligence products about, about ISIS and Taliban cells uh, instead of focusing on real threats.
1: Exactly. 100%. We are not focused on the right enemies or the right the right threats rather
0: yeah and even the american military most powerful military in the history of of mankind only has so many resources right even with that that resource we can't do everything right we do not even in the even in
1: america we don't have unlimited resources And, and that is just another reason why that we need to put an end to these endless wars especially especially in afghanistan so that we can focus on real threats from major powers throughout the world.
0: Well said, Ray. But. So once again, we're going to ask folks to help us make a difference. We can't do this by ourselves. What can we do? Well, we're going to hit it one more time. If, if listeners haven't already, they can go to endendlesswars.com. That's one word, com. And there's a link there that says, tell Washington. Click that link, sign your name, add your info, and we're going to send a letter to your member of Congress, to both your senators and to the White House in your name, telling them that you want to bring the troops home and end this seemingly endless war in Afghanistan. For Echo Echo Whiskey, I'm John Burns, out.
1: Ray Hoskins,
0: out.